This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy! It is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black, welcome to Chicago. Uh, Stevens JPEG, a.k.a. Stephen Nunez on Dynasty Podcast. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming up. You and I met, what was it, maybe a week or two ago? I think two weeks ago. About two weeks ago, uh, because our producer, Natalie, uh, was doing a photo shoot with you here at the Dynasty Creative Space. And I should say you were doing a photo shoot with her, vice versa, but basically Natalie, for her brand, was doing a photo shoot, and you were the photographer who came up. So we met a few weeks ago. There was a lot of glitter involved. Mm -hmm. I was cleaning that up Mm -hmm. for a few days. Um, But I'm glad we got to have you on the podcast. Natalie set this up as well, and... I was reading about your kind of resume, your portfolio, your accomplishments, and man, like there's a lot of great stuff to talk about, but let's start at the beginning. How did you get started with your creative craft, which is photography? How did that begin for you? I started taking photos when I was 15 years old. I was a sophomore in high school, but what really motivated me to become a photographer was GEZ's personal photographer, Grady Brennan. Um, I saw that he had a personal photographer, and I didn't know that was a thing. And I just, I was just so inspired by his images. And like, when I saw that, I was like, I want to do that. Like, I want to document someone's career here in Chicago. Yeah. That, you know, from the beginning to the end. And that's just really what I'm up to now. But that, since then, I've been really, really working on that. So let's pick it apart a little bit. So you saw that you got inspired. Like, you pick up your first camera. Was it a DSLR? Was it a good iPhone? Like, how did you, like, what were the training wheels that brought you into this world to get to where you are now? So my mom bought me a Canon Rebel at the Mall of America in uh, Minnesota. Yeah. And um, she thought it was just a phase because, you know, I was a teenager and stuff like that. I was it's not like, just a phase, mom. I was like, no, mom. <laughs> like, I'm serious. And now she sees everything. She's like... Wow, and I'm like, I was telling you, like I was telling you, like I've never been so like for sure, so confident, so passionate about anything in my life than this. Like often when I start this podcast with somebody who's not been on previously, we kind of do the like, how did you get started as a musician, as a photographer, as a whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And so many people, not all of them, but so many people, it's some variation of like, you know, my dad bought me my first guitar, my uncle bought me my first camera, you know, I had a teacher who believed that I could actually start doing real graphic design work, and like. Basically, these stories, to me, it proves it's so true that, like, if you've got a kid in your life, if you're a teacher, if you're a parent, if you're an uncle or whoever, like, you got somebody who's in middle school, high school, even grade school, like, God, get them a camera or take them to soccer party. Do the thing. Yeah. And, they, and look, you might end up having a drum kit in your garage that you have to sell on Craigslist two years later because they don't use it. But, like, man, it just makes a difference if you believe in your kid or believe in, like, a, a student just you have in your life and get them started. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that so often. It's so cool to see that that is where this began for you. Mm-hmm. Do you like, you know, every Mother's Day, are you just like, thank you so much? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, um, I really do the best that I can to give back as much as I can. But um, going back to like, you know, where I started, um, yeah. I really felt like I was in a good place because um, I went to Steinman's College Prep. That's on the northwest side of Chicago. And um, when I got my camera, I just wanted to understand how to use it. So I started shooting all my high school events and stuff like that. I was doing, like, the homecoming, like, dance and all the sports games and all that. Then I joined, like, the newspaper. And then from then on, like, I started catching on to journalism. Right. And um, since then, like, I was winning awards because they would have award ceremonies and stuff. We would compete against, like, high schools all over. And um, I was started to win awards and stuff like that. And, like, I would never win awards for anything that I do. But, like, seeing rewards coming from something I recently started, right. it, meant, it meant a lot to me. So I just really started to say to myself, like, yeah, we're going to do this. Like, we're going to be for sure about this. 
So that's really an incredible start to this. Do you feel like, because I, I feel like I talk to so many photographers now on this, po- I've been doing this podcast for a very long time. I've been doing it for like 15 years. When I started, mm-hmm. it was a lot of like rap uh, DJs. Yeah. And then it moved into a lot of rappers. And, you know, I'm basically documenting these kind of like cultural movements that they happen in Chicago. I feel like there are so many photographers now. You know, I think everybody, I think A, photographers have become rock stars because of Instagram and B. Yeah. Photography yeah. has become this way that you can get access to like a Coachella or become like Rihanna's personal mm-hmm. music photographer, mm-hmm. fashion photographer, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. do you feel like this is a space where it's like, oh my God, there's a lot of competition right now? I don't get overwhelmed about who's out there. I really focus on myself and really just build my own lane and really just figure out who I can go and just that's just how it's been. I don't really get think about who who's out there in my field. I yeah. just think about myself and what I gotta do to get to where I need to be. So And and how do you continue to push yourself or how do you continue to evolve because obviously you've had a tremendous start out of the gate and you've got this great list of accomplishments we're going to talk about but like at the same time of course you, you're not and I don't get the impression you are you don't want to rest on your laurels you don't want to say like oh I made it I don't have to continue yeah. to improve yeah. so how do you evolve once you've got that like really great platform that's you know where you are now how do you keep yourself competitive? I've actually been thinking about that. Like, I literally had such a huge summer. And when I got back to school, I was thinking to myself, like, what is next? Like, what is the next big thing? So right now what I'm doing, uh, I feel like this whole year over the summer, like, I feel like it was like my breakout year. Like, everyone got to know me. And, you know, like, I started to get a lot of attention. So my whole thing now is, like, to really set my name in stone, I'm going to have my first solo exhibition next year in the spring. I built mm-hmm. such a great body of work. And, um, you know, I'm going to get, like, sponsors and, you know, just, like, a whole event where, you know, I have all my followers come out, you know, my family and friends, just something like that, you know, something special. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a great way to set yourself apart, too, in general, is, like, if you have a really good digital presence, bringing that into the kind of real-world space, like, that's the next step. And that is one thing I definitely want to do, because all these followers that, you know, like my posts, comment and share, you know what I'm saying? Like, it really means a lot to me, and... I don't know how enough I can thank them, you know, and the idea of having a, like a show would yeah. really be a way to thank them to like for them to come meet me and me to like say thank you and, you know, just have something nice for them. Do you already have a space in mind or is this more of just kind of like I'm just anticipating in the spring I'm going to do this? No, I'm actually working on it. Like yeah. I, I've been looking at spaces, you know, I have like a budget. Uh, I got like uh, my friend at Loyola that, you know, is going to managing all my budget, you know. That's awesome. Like that. Yeah. So I've been having it on my mind over the summer and um, like right now just putting the plays in. And it's important to have a manager. Mm-hmm. A lot of creatives have the talent, you know, whether it's, again, music, film, photography, whatever it is, fashion. But having somebody who can manage the business side, who can handle mm-hmm. the invoicing, who can handle the scheduling, who can handle the outreach, like all that kind of stuff. A lot of creatives don't want to do that or they don't have the time or they don't have the interest. And, like, you know, has it made your creative work better or your creative life easier to have a manager? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I, I definitely need the guidance because now I'm, I'm like, it gets overwhelming at times. You know, all the stuff I have to be at, I got to think about like school, like my jobs, and all these like other freelance jobs I got to do. Yeah. So you know, just having someone that's like, hey, like giving a little guidance and you know, tell me like what I should and shouldn't do. Yeah. So, yeah, it's great to have. And you're a Columbia student, correct? Mm-hmm. I am a sophomore right now at Columbia College. That's wild, yeah. Uh, yeah. So when Natalie brought you in, I can't remember if we talked about this, but I'm an instructor over there in the business and entrepreneurship department. And it is interesting because Columbia is the kind of college where like, sometimes I just end up interviewing students because they're yeah. like that's a school where students are actively already in it. going for just it going in for their it. field. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, like I knew when I got to Columbia, I was like, we're going to go all in. We're going to like 
go all out, you know, get to where I need to be. And once I just did my first show at the Metro, things just blew up and just kept going. So let's talk about the Metro. The Metro is a space that uh, I have a tremendous amount of love for. It's an incredible venue, yes. of course, uh, you know, which in a couple of years are going to be celebrating their 40th anniversary. It's easy for me to keep track because, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I'm the same age as the Metro. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. So I always am aware of their anniversaries. That's coming up on kind of a couple of years from now. But the Metro is a magical space. It's so easy to get a good show out of a band at the Metro. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a bad space in the whole house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talk about working with Metro. How did that happen, and what are you doing with them? So this is how it went down. So over the summer uh, last year, uh, my friend Henry, who works at Adidas flagship in Wicker Park, he mm-hmm. um, his dad's a tattoo artist, and you know he has all his friends and stuff like that, and they all have family parties. And then I would go over, and then Henry knew that I always wanted to be a music photographer, but like at the time, like I have not done a single show, I haven't had like a start. And he introduced me to one of the people that worked at the Metro, and I just asked, and he said, "Yeah, just email me." I got connected. The first show I did was Alina Bears. It was in at the end of September of last year, and then they told me they're like, "Okay, so this is going to be a trial run for you, and you know, we'll just see where it goes from here." You know, they just left it at that. You know, Metro is incredible because it's such a small family Mm -hmm. it really is and it's so cliche to be like oh this creative hub is a family it's a community but it really is like metro is a family and it is a community so like i I just when i saw that i was like that's awesome Mm -hmm. like that's such a cool space for you to be and i I think that's exciting you're also working with dj hot rod at power 92 92 what is involved with that how did that start talk about that project so I met Hot Rod last year in December through Natalie because uh, she was managing uh, this rapper named Wemmy Mo, and um, that's when I first met him. And I didn't really like know him at the time, but then I I uh, got connected with him, and it was a social works event. It was a uh, taste for the homeless, and I mm-hmm. asked him, I was like, "Do you need a photographer?" He said, "Sure." And you know, uh, I really got a chance to sit down and talk with him and stuff. And the first thing he said was yo, your work is like gold. Like, I want to bring you along onto my team and help me out, and I want to just, you know, help you out. And I mean, that's incredible. And, like, Power 92.3, like, that station, I, I worked in radio for, like, a very long time, and, like, that station, I think, has such a great sense of community and still feeling like it doesn't feel like prepackaged corporate radio there. No. Like, they have personalities, yeah. and they're connected to Chicago, and, like, it's not the states that I turn to on the dial every day, but it's in my presets. And every time I tune in, I'm just like, man, the personalization level at this radio station, I really respect that. And like, I dig that that's how radio used to be. It used to be a lot more personalized. And now it's like yeah. most stations, it doesn't matter whether you're listening in Tampa or Chicago, it's the exact same thing, mm-hmm. you know? So, so that's super cool. So you're doing all this work and you're a student. How are you balancing because the student workload, you know, at any college, it's yeah. intense. You've got homework. You mentioned you got freelance gigs that I'm sure are, you know, just kind of bringing money in. How do you balance all of that with developing a brand and a business? I do everything last minute. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest. And I yeah. get it done, and I actually do great. You know, I'm on a scholarship, too, and I maintain my over 3.0 GPA. Wow. I, I really get it done. Like, there's so much on the line, and I'm not really, like, going to, like, give up or anything. I, I If I know I got to do it, I'm going to get it done. And, yeah. That's impressive, though. I mean, it's... Deadlines are not easy, like, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's homework or a freelance project or whatever. Are you at a point where you have to turn things down because you're like, I just don't have time. I would love to do that project, but I'm not able to do it yet? Or No, that hasn't happened yet. That okay. hasn't happened yet. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Been good. I've been really managing my time well. So you're working with Social Works, uh, of course, Chance the Rapper is, um, you know, kind of philanthropic mm-hmm. organization. Like, 
Talk about what you're doing with them. So I take photos at the open mic every Monday. Of, mm-hmm. wait, it's, uh, it's on a Monday once every month. So yeah. I would come there. And if they have special events from time to time, I would come. But I mainly do the open mic. And I got connected with Social Works through Hot Rod. He brought me in. Yeah. And then I just been there since. Now, everything you're listing to me, it's like it really demonstrates that Chicago is a very small community where it's like one project can lead to the next, one person can open this door and that door. And it's like everything you're saying, it started from this, then it led to this, and it led to this. It's mm-hmm. like, I love that about Chicago. It's not mm-hmm. a question, but I just, I, I yeah. love that element of it. Do you feel that here? Yeah, definitely. Like, Hot Rod himself, like, he has opened so many doors for me, and I cannot thank him enough for that. Like, it's just crazy. Like, he literally, like, paved the whole way for me. And literally, like, because this city's so huge, but a person that's such so involved within the music scene, like, he literally just basically showed me everything. I'm like, wow, like, this is crazy. And it's huge, but it's not, too. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's a very, like, small city community, even though, like, the actual, of course, footprint of it mm-hmm. is very large here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So your specialty, your focus seems to be music photography. Is that fair to say? Yeah, music yeah. photography. Is that the long-term goal? Long-term goal, like, forever. Okay. Who would be, like, your ideal, you know, if you can choose the artist that takes you out on tour, that brings you in the studio, like, who would that be? Nobody right now. Nobody right now? So this is my whole thing. I want to work with somebody in Chicago that's brand new, that's coming out, that's going to be, like, the next chance, you know, the next, like, Chiherbo. Like, any Chicago legend you see now is going to be the future. Like, the future. Like, I want what's next because I want to be there from the beginning. That's my whole thing. That's a cool thing to do. And it's like, we had obviously the explosion in the beginning of the 2010s. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. That was uh, a big year. There was so much that came out and it continued. And now it's like, I feel like a lot of those artists are established. I don't know if there's quite as much of a new talent explosion. It's more like the talent that has arrived on the scene from the mm-hmm. past eight, nine years is developing, continuing. But at the same time, there's always going to be like this next wave. I mean, Chicago, I say this all the time in this podcast, Chicago's always had a music scene. In the 80s, yeah. it was the industrial. In the 90s, was the alternative scene. And like in the 2000s, it was like Fall Out Boy and Kanye mm-hmm. and like a lot of the DJ scene, like Cool Kids and Floss. And, and then Chance and all those things happen. So we're not far off from whatever that next explosion is, which yeah. could literally be anytime. Any yeah, anything at any time. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah, so one day you just wake up and it's like, oh my God, this thing's happening right now. Mm-hmm. You know, the 17 year olds are at it again. Life can change in an overnight. Yeah. It really can. So, some of the artists that you have worked with here, Tyler the Creator, or at least let's say shot at different events, Tyler the Creator, Jaden Smith, 21 Savage, Saba, Gucci, you know, BB uh, Reha, like Rexa. I never know how she pronounces that. Like, yeah. Talk about shooting these artists. You know, you you did Lala, you did Lyrical Lemonade. Like, you know, what was that like getting to shoot that level of talent at that level of events? You know, it hasn't been even a year since I've been doing music photography. Actually, no, it has. Like recently, my bad. But like within just a year itself, like I've done literally like the biggest festival in Chicago, Lollapalooza, and that yeah. was literally a dream of mine since I was fifteen. Because that's, that's when I started flagship. picking out my camera. You know, mm-hmm. and it took like four years to get to that point. And just that big festival itself, it was, like, amazing. Like, I was in the photo pit, and I literally, the first thing I did is I looked up at the stage. Like, it was just so huge. And, yeah, and then, you know, I worked so hard. I got all the equipment. I had everything I needed to be ready, and I literally made the best photos that I could be. And, again, like, the photos that are on your Instagram, uh, Stevens JPEG, and it's S-T-E-V-N-S-T-E-V-E-N-E-N-S-J-P-G. Not E-G. JP. J- J-P-E-G. E-G. Okay, sorry. I thought there wasn't any. <laughs> anyway, okay, it's okay. Steven's JPEG. 
on Instagram, you can go see all these photos, which is incredible. Were you nervous or were you just like, this is what I've been training for? No. Yeah. Definitely what I've been training for. Like I've never been nervous. There's nothing that's ever been like, oh, I can't do this. Like this is so overwhelming. Like this is like, I really believe this is my destiny. Like this is what I'm made to do. 100% man. Like 1000%. Like I'm so confident. Who can tell you differently? You know what I mean? Like clearly you're doing it. Now, shooting at Lala, for example, like were you there independently? Were you there for a brand? Were you there for a, you know, a journalism outlet? Yeah, the Columbia Chronicle. Columbia, Columbia Chronicle, yeah. Newspaper. And so you're part of Columbia Chronicle as well. You got connected with them. Your freshman year, for anyone who doesn't yeah, go to Columbia, year. that's of course the yeah. Columbia College uh, newspaper. So mm-hmm. what are you doing with the Columbia Chronicle? Um, I work for them. <laughs> I shoot photos for them. Uh, I get to choose what I want to do, and I can work with along with reporters at the same time. But um, what I really focus on is my music photography there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just other like parades and like, you know, protests that I would cover. But mainly, like, they really love the music photography that I do because they notice, like, all the attention it brings and, you know, and then just how great it looks. And they're like, yeah, like, we want more of this. Sure. I mean, that's a huge boon for, you know, an outlet like The Chronicle. Mm-hmm. Do you have outlets, whether it's Chicago-based or otherwise national, that you're like, man, one day I hope to be shooting for, you know, Rolling Stone at Lollapalooza or whoever? I would just want to shoot for, like, double XO. Like, yeah, definitely. Sure. Like, a cover or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um... One thing I wanted to say about the Chronicle was that when we did Lollapalooza, like I shot Lollapalooza for the Chronicle, and mm-hmm. we were the first. Like the Chronicle has been around for like since like the seventies. Oh yeah, it's I been think. around forever. Yeah, been around forever. We were the first to be there to shoot Lollapalooza. I believe that. Yeah, yeah. You know because it's press. Okay, for anyone who doesn't know, journalists getting into a festival, a conference, you know, a, a show. Anywhere where a journalist is getting a free ticket or a badge or a wristband or whatever, that can often be a very difficult process. Yeah. And some, especially the more demand there is, like mm-hmm. obviously, maybe not obviously, people don't know this. If you're a journalist, you're going to get a lot of emails from publicists being like, hey, you know, I've got an artist playing at like Shuba's this mm-hmm. Friday night and no one knows who they are. Please come out. But then if you're trying to like be in the pit at like Rihanna at the United Center, there's a lot of competition for that. So it is hard to get in there. And so the Columbia Chronicle, it is not a given that they're going to get accepted into the press pit, into the press credentials of a place like Lollapalooza or a, you know, an experience like Lala. That is a big deal. That was a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> that was a miracle. That was really a miracle. So now are you just like, okay, every year I'm going to be at Lala. Like that's the goal is like I'm going to shoot at Lala every year. Yeah. That, that's Looking the at goal. maybe Coachella. Yeah, definitely Coachella. Everything. Yeah. And more most importantly, Rolling Loud. Yeah, I'm, Rolling I'm, Loud. Yeah. yeah. And you also shot the uh, Summer Smash from Lyrical Lemonade. What was that like? That was amazing. I was supposed to shoot for Hot Rod that was going to DJ for um, Happy Birthday Calvin's set. But that day, Sunday, it rained for like the most part of the day. And what happened was their set got canceled and they just kept going on the festival. And Hot Rod just dropped me off. He's like, hey, man, just do your thing. I said, okay. And then I just shot everybody else that was performing. Like I did... Juice World, Gucci Mane. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I saw Gucci in there. Yeah, Sita Hancho and all that. Like it was, it was just really great. And that's a much newer. I mean, lyrical lemonade compared to Lollapalooza, is, the entire concept is newer. But it's like that's a newer festival. Yeah, it, it's, it's a newer a festival. Years. But um, there was a lot of photographers there. I believe like, it because it's like that's so your many. generation, and that's like yeah. the kind of space that so many people want to be in is mm-hmm. that music photography thing. But obviously, not everybody can make it. And clearly, you're doing it. Why do you think you were able to really make this happen when I think, again, it's so many basically like young high school and college kids 
ambition to be a music or concert photographer. All right. This is how I'll say it. Yeah. When you're going to do this, as in terms of music photography, you got to be in here for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I meet a lot of kids that are my age that are asking me, just saying like, hey, like I want to do shows. Like, can you help me out? Get me in and this and that. Like, you know, I'll be asking these questions. But, you know, I can tell uh, that they're just like, in quote unquote, cloud chasing. Sure. And then they just want to do it just to be cool. Like, that's not the right reason. Like, you don't want to be cool. Like, you want to be known for your work, not just the fact that you're with all these artists. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, we I talk about this on this podcast a lot about like longevity versus just like blowing up your Instagram or chasing clout. Like you're saying, it's like people are not, I think, focused on like how do I build a career that's going to last for 5, 10, 20, 25 years? They're thinking like how can I blow up my Instagram this weekend? Yeah, you know, it's And and I get it. That's what the culture is it's, emphasizing. It's yeah, it's really emphasizing it. And it's it's just hard, you know, and I hate being I don't like to be mean. I get the DMs. I'll be honest with you guys, I'm ignoring it. But I just like you got to be here for the right reasons. Even when I meet people in person, they're like, "How do you get into this and that?" And I'll tell them in person, and then I ask them. I'm like, "So why do you want to get into this?" They say, "Cause it looks cool." I'm like, "Right, it's gonna look good on their Instagram. Yeah, it's gonna look good on their yeah, stories." Like, I already, yeah. know, I already know what they mean when they say that. You know what I'm saying? But I met a lot of people that are like in it for the wrong reasons, and I don't say nothing. Like it's just they're they're gonna get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I think that's true of anything. But you're right, especially in that music space. It's like. It looks so cool, so exclusive, so yeah, sexy. So and I, like, and I get that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's just great. But like, you know, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. it no, is, no, I a hundred percent. I get what you're saying. It's like if you're not there to do the work. That's the other thing. I think a lot of people want to be in these backstage spaces, and I've I've been seeing that since you know I started working in music like 20 years ago. It's that's never changed, and it was like that before I got there. Everybody wants to go there and be cool. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do the work that gets you there and keeps you there. Mm-hmm. So let me say something. it's work. Yeah. So um, I shot photos last night at House of Blues of uh, Charlie XCX. Oh, I was there. Great you show. You were there? Great show. Oh, yeah. It was such a great show. But let me tell you. So I was shooting photos for Charlie's set. And this guy that was right next to me, he was literally dancing in the photo pit. And he had a camera. Like, he had all the credentials. Mm-hmm. But he was being more of a fan and then as a photographer being a professional. So he was right next to me. And I'm shooting photos. And I noticed like his hand was coming into my camera and stuff like that. I'm like, what's happening? And then I kept looking and then he's dancing like for most of it. You know what I'm saying? And right. I'm like, and that's not like proper etiquette. And that just doesn't show that like. Well, it's not the space to do that. It's yeah, not, absolutely. It's not the space to do that. And it was just, oh my God. Yeah. And it's like, if you want to be at a Charlie show and dance because hell, it's a party. I mean, yeah, that, it is that show party. is absolutely the floor, the a fucking floor, party. The floor was literally up and totally down. shaking. Like, I was shaking and while holding my camera. It was. But if you want to be dancing and yeah. enjoying the party aspect of it, be in the pit. Yeah. You know, like not the photo pit, but the yeah. the floor pit. Yeah. But right, pit. if you want to be taking photos and doing the work, that's what that space is for. Yeah. You also were part of the campaign that we're seeing all over the city right now, the AT&T, like it's a 312 thing or whatever it is. Um, how did you get involved with that? What was your role in shooting some photos for this AT&T campaign? So the way the AT&T campaign works was like they hit uh, local like photographers up or just like any other well-known photographers, and then they tell them that they're interested in their photos and then they want them mm-hmm. for their campaign. And then, you know, like you license it, sign some papers, you know, do all that stuff, and then, then you have it up. Well, it depends because I had two of them. Mm-hmm. I had two of them, but I don't know where the other one is, <laughs> like around the city. So, but the yeah. thing, that's the thing too, like they don't tell you where it's going to be around the city. Sure. Like you, you, just, right. you just give it to them and then it's like a mystery, like whoever finds it first. 
Like, yeah, and that's how a lot of brands work. Mm-hmm. Like, you do the work, and then you know they don't really respond, and then you have to chase down your paycheck, and that's the beauty of freelancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you looking to do more brand work like that? You know, because it does presumably you know pay the bills when you're working for whichever brand, whether it's AT and T or something else. It's like best case, it's like, oh, cool, I did this campaign for this brand that does sneakers, it does soft drinks or whatever. And they paid X amount of dollars, and that helps. That was amazing. Like I made a lot of money off of that. But That's I would definitely want to get into that more. But um, I think I would need to like figure out more of like the business side and how to get around and networking in that field. Because right now, you know, I'm really involved in music. But when it comes to like AT and T and those kinds of companies, like I feel like that's one thing. That's a whole other. Again, like not to turn this into a Columbia conversation, but it's like <laughs> the, the class I teach at Columbia is a freelancing class. I talk about it all the time in this workshop and this podcast, but. You can get so, and I'm not saying with AT&T. Yeah. I have never worked with AT&T, so I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying AT&T will or won't do this. In general, you can get fucked really bad by companies. Yeah. Again, not singling out any specific company. As I've done freelancing for 20 years, I can just say as a general rule of thumb, if you don't know how to read a contract, if you don't yeah. know what you're signing up for, yeah. if you don't know who owns then the work, all those things, mm-hmm. you will absolutely just completely get screwed over mm-hmm. nine out of ten times the contract was pretty simple though for AT&T it was very straightforward small that's good nothing crazy it was not anything crazy and that's that's the best case yeah that was the best that's case so the best it was case. like done deal like it was good that's yeah. not always the case working with brands mm-hmm. so I'm glad that you're even saying like hey this one is simple going forward I want to have somebody who is more aware of these things because that's the smart way to do this yeah but you know yeah so if I were to get something more complicated I will probably show someone that would no, That's something. the way to yeah, do it. So. Absolutely. Because yeah. it's a song as old as time, man. Like artists for just as long as there's been art have been getting fucked by companies. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's how it works. Yeah. Um, so you've got this incredible, like, you know, photography career that is in full swing. What have you learned and what are the big goals going forward? Like, where do you want to go with this? And what have you, what do you know now that you didn't even know a year ago? What I didn't know going into music photography was how big the music industry is and how small of a circle of music photographers. Like, we're all very connected because, you know, Mm -hmm. it's such a hard thing to get into. And like we were talking about earlier, a lot of people want to get into this. But, you know, it's such a small thing, especially in certain genres, too. Like, there's like a niche of people. And it's great. Like, we go to shows and we see each other. We're like, hey. Yeah, that like, becomes the community. So, Absolutely. It's so nice. Like, I love that. But um, I didn't know how small it was. And when I went to the BET Awards, like, that's when I really saw everything. Like, I saw everything. As in, like, all these, like, artists and, you know, like, labels and, you know, publications. I just saw everything. Like, I cannot explain it. Like, it was just such an insane experience. That was probably, like, that was probably, like, my best experience that I had over the summer. Like, yeah. was that. And I'd like to thank Hot Rod for that, because <laughs> I swear, like, I owe this land so much, like, I don't know how to say it. No, but that's amazing. And yeah. it, it really helps to have a mentor or somebody who is opening those doors, you know? Like, it, it really, I mean, everything you're saying, like, from your parents supporting you to having somebody in the industry who is helping move you forward and open doors and make connections, it's like, that's a really special thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that really does make such an incredible difference in a, especially in a younger career. Yeah. Yeah. What's coming up next for you? And if somebody wanted to work with you, how can they get in contact with you? Instagram. Just slide in my DM. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> or you could go on my website and fill out the contact form and we'll get in touch. And but, you meant, but you know what? Sorry, like, and I hate to interrupt you. You mentioned that there are people who hit you up on Instagram and they're coming at you for the wrong reasons. So if I'm 17 and I'm looking at your work and I'm like, oh my God, like you're doing the thing I want to do. What's the right way for me to come to you? What's the, what should I have in mind? What should I be saying? Like, you don't have to provide a script, but like basically what's the right version of what you're looking for? Your true intentions. Yeah. That's pretty much it. 
and um, at least like say like check out my work. None of them don't even say that. They're like, hey, like just straight to the point. Yeah, well, and you have to have a portfolio. Yeah. You know, again, like if I'm 19 or whatever and I'm hitting you up being like, hey, can you vouch for me? Mm-hmm. I better have some work that you can see mm-hmm. so that if you are hitting up somebody to get us into Lollapalooza or whatever, yeah. you can vouch and say, hey, this person, I've seen their work. They're clearly getting the work done. They work hard. They're going to meet the deadlines. I can say, because then your name's on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that people don't realize how important that cosign is where like, just like you had people opening the door, if you're opening the door for somebody else, you need to know that they're not going to make you look bad. Yeah. That's a real concern. Yeah. Yeah. People can find you, Stevens JPEG. On, on all platforms. Instagram, all platforms. All platforms. This is amazing. You know, I'm really glad we got to have you on the podcast. And this is something we often do where it's like we have someone on for a first interview and we were talking about this before the mics. I'm sure we'll have you back on at a later date to talk about all the other things you're doing as time goes on. And... I do a lot of panels, and we're doing a lot of photography panels. We're about to announce one tomorrow, but I do a lot of photography panels because that is the thing that people want to talk about right now. So I'm sure we'll have you on a panel at a later date, especially to be able to talk about being like a student success story who is doing it during college. Like, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who would love to hear that advice. Yeah. Steven, thank you so much for coming up, man. Thanks yes. for being part of this and sharing everything with us. Man. Thank you for having it. me. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right. And be ready for my solo show next year in the spring. Yeah. I'm Big sure things. we'll talk about it. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.